Yes. Yes. Oh no. Oh. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Right. Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to horror. I am Lee. I am Adam. And I am Chris. And we are here for another episode in our uh, Christmas. Ghost uh, stories for Christmas. Ghost stories for Christmas. Yeah, finally, after all these weeks of talking about it. Um, so we are covering the M.R. James ghost stories for Christmas, as as adapted by the BBC. We would, I, for the benefits of the tape, I would like to say that this is our our second sort of pod, our second one for the day. Yep. We're making a day of it. We really are making a day of it. Pizza has been eaten. Uh, various boozes are around. We have been here for seven hours now, uh, yeah. drinking and making merry. So yes. Very good selection, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, mm. my, my current tipple is the excellent Krampus Cider, Ooh. available from the Lee and Jennifer Press. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's Porter Jones, Chris keeps calling ah, it, fair it's enough. he and I who... Ah, um, fair enough. Well, Paul, Porter Jones. That sounds I like good. it, yeah. yeah. Porter Jones Brewery of so, London. So the Porter Jones Brewery, they're very small, but I can honestly say, and I mean this, it is the best cider I've ever tasted. Is it, is it a nano-brewery? I suppose it would be a nano-brewery, yeah. yeah because it's... What's your man got to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this, the apples... Fucking hell! There are fireworks outside for the benefit of the tape. This could be, for all we know, shit's kicked off. Mm. We haven't been lit. We haven't watched the news. Mm. We've been in an isolated bubble of booze and ghost stories for Christmas. This is true. It's very true. Um, I am currently enjoying uh, Snake Dog from the Flying Dog Brewery of the US. Um, it's fantastic. I love all the Flying Dog beers. Um, this one is is very good. Very much enjoying it. Finn, I would like to sample this. Ooh, Are you well, worth a go? Well, let's let's try it because you're you're looking for sponsorship. I can see. I oh so yeah. We got, mm. we got sponsored Brian Brewery. That's <laughs> your ideal. It is. Well, I'm all, I guess I'm already a shareholder in a brewery. Mm. I am. Uh, yeah, I am a shareholder for Brewdog mm-hmm. uh, in yes. the UK. It's an IPA. Dog. It's beautiful. Mm. <laughs> dog. What was the Thank dog? Go on, try and do the dog quote. What did he say? The dog quote. As the dog one. Oh, yes, 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 some so, kind so, of dog. So, so dog. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we've just watched Whistle and I'll Come to You, the 1968 uh, Jonathan Miller uh, adaption, which was kind of, I think, I think is the first of the like, of M.R. James adaptions for yeah. for them. Yeah, I think but, so. Of the box set, it's the first episode. Yeah, it? started the whole ball rolling with the boo doing it. So, yeah. Um, what did you make of that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well, I had no idea what we were about to watch, or that it had Michael Holden in it, and he's probably my, possibly my top favourite voice actors since ah. hearing Lord of the Rings BBC adaptation. So he's, so you said he's Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's Gandalf. You said he Gandalf. You said he Gandalf. You said he Gandalf. <laughs> Why you say he Gandalf? Is he Gandalf? Yeah. Good. Yeah, and I. I I thought he was fantastic in that. Um, mm. And in this, well, he... I could probably watch him all day, I reckon. He uh, he did a very entertaining portrayal of an academic who was very busy in his own thoughts mm. until he blew the whistle and it started going wrong. Yes. 
Not as wrong as you said as the uh, later John uh, Hurt. The later one, one yeah. Which um, see, yeah. I, d- I don't remember. It, I know it di- I I know it diverts a hell of a lot from the actual Mr. James story, which this point, mm. which this doesn't there's, really. No, it, there's a large element missing <clears throat> from this from the original because in the original Mr. James story, it begins with him at the college discussing going away for the weekend, mm. and a friend of his um, says, "While you're up there, you must go and see this." Graveyard because I've always wanted to go and see it as an academic mm. um, and kind of see see about it because it's very well known. Study it. Yeah. yeah. So can you go and make some notes and come back and tell me? And that's why he uh-huh. goes there. Fair enough. Because um, I mean, it, typical MR, it's a typical M R James story in that it's an antiquarian, if for want of a better expression, which was the amateur version of. I mean, he's a professor in this, mm-hmm. but it's an amateur version of sort of archaeology or whatever yeah. like that where people would just dig shit up and mm. they were they, it was like a bit like um, metal detectorists yeah you know it's that same that same thing where it's like one person once found a, a coin that was worth out and then loads yeah. of people All went down that road and, you know yeah. and were looking for bits and pieces <clears> and <throat> but there was a lot more to be found then because this was the sort of start of it rather than yeah you know nowadays but yeah, I do love the idea that as the as the coast has come in and the sea line has eroded the land mm. around it, yeah, the the graveyard is now there are bones falling and things out, sticking yeah. out, yeah, yeah. Whereas it as it's all falling into the sea, and that's how he finds the whistle. Mm. Um, yeah, so in the John Hurt remake, it's a ring, I believe. He finds a wedding ring with the line inside that says, uh, "Who is this? Who is following?" That is coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did like that you, when he was reading the Latin, mm. and you kind of knew it, which I oh, thought sorry, was... Yeah, que, quest, s. So I thought it was what is, but it was who it was is. who is, yeah. but yeah, the fact that you knew... That's still a damn sight better than well, our Latin. Well. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I was mm. quite blown away by that. Your Latin extends to a couple of Santana records. And mine's just all terms that end with uh, filia. And the the Tijuana Christmas album that we were listening to. Yeah. Earlier. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd forgotten, as I said, I, I watched this when, so this box set Adam bought Jennifer and I for Christmas mm. about five or six years ago. Um, and we watched all of them over the course of a month or so. Um, and some of them have gone back and rewatched, but that one I haven't. So it's the first time I've seen it again since. And I'd forgotten it is pure comedy for mm. the first mm. 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's like And a... it's almost silent. It's just his... Mm, 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 <laughs> I know. It's just mumbling and... That's what, that's what reminds me of Mr Bean. He's like a serious <laughs> academic version of Mr Bean. Thinking about philosophy instead of how to wash his car. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, but it's also just the, the beautiful thing of... That awkwardness of going somewhere, especially if you go somewhere on your own and you don't, you don't know anyone, but you're kind of in a, con- a convivial setup. Yeah, and that I think it really gets to that. I mean, he is clearly just so absent-minded and yeah. so sort of like you know, but <clears throat> but equally, there's a lot of sort of. Just having to sit there in silence while everyone's waiting for dinner to be served in that sort of an environment. Yeah. It's just the, mm, 
<laughs> and just tapping and then rearranging it so it looks like, and it is just yeah it's just a real study in that mm. I think which yeah, that's what it's like the real horror of uh, the off season British yeah. suicide holiday yeah. you know yeah, it's uh, but it is funny. Yeah, the idea that back then, yeah, you'd go on holiday on your own, perhaps if you were that. I mean, I'd... and just I like I know people still do now, but it's the mm. idea of that. So it's a British coastal seaside place, and it's um, uh, it's not a hotel, is it? It's more of a. It's more like a, I suppose, like a golfing lodge. Yeah, like a yeah, like a guest house type mm. thing. Yeah, where everyone is together, and they all the majority of them seem to be on their own, and they just kind of chat mm. with each other and he goes for a wander with that guy who yeah where he wants him to play golf over. yeah because yeah. that's the thing as well is, is also he's everyone else is there is playing golf yeah because it's the only reason to go there yeah so that's the thing that it's got and so everyone else has that element of camaraderie and you're just there like you're the the other weird bloke who mutters to himself and walks up and down the beach <laughs> with old books in his hand yeah you know which and like, like I said during that I want to say now thank you Claire Dello for rescuing me from becoming that man <laughs> because I know quite frankly as as if I'd have endured if I was to endure singlehood to a f- farther extent because that's the is other that, thing is it not bachelorism yeah I think that's the thing is it just it does it, it gives off that vibe weirdly of he keeps up his end of the conversation even though there's no one there. Yeah. <laughs> In a sort of... Actually, that bit where the guy is showing him his room. Hmm. Oh, the two of them are just... Yeah, they're both. They're both. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just... Yeah. It's just, again, but it's also like... He's said it a thousand and one times, so it is just a slur. But you're too polite to say sorry. You know, whatever <laughs> like that. And, but equally, you're trying to follow along and glean the bits that you know. And, yeah, it's just sort of... And, um, yeah, the guy who directed it is Jonathan Miller, who is a proper pucker doctor that can do operations real and stuff. shit. You know, he's a, he's a real genuine doctor, not where, you know... there's a bloke... save your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And he um, he was part of um, a group that came from Cambridge, which was beyond the fringe, which was Peter Cook and Dudley Moore and uh, Jonathan Miller Weston. and uh, Alan Bennett. So uh, yes, that's Alan Bennett. <laughs> and they they sort of did like a seri- like a sketch show, like a stage sketch show. They were like one of the first of the Cambridge Footlights, you know, where yeah. it was all the like sort of uh, Fry and Laurie came from it and. Some of the not the nine o'clock news and so all that sort of area, yeah, and not the nine o'clock news. Yes, mm. who is that? So that was uh, Rowan Griff- Atkinson. Yeah, Griff Rees Jones, Mill Smith, Mill Smith, uh, Pamela Stevenson. That's her name. Yeah, and that kind of yeah, that, but Cambridge was like. Cambridge Footlights was basically responsible for Python, I think. A yeah. few, some Half of them were part of Cambridge Footlights, and it was like a big thing. Um, but the granddaddy of it all was kind of beyond the fringe. And, yeah, they did like a series of sketches all together, like working as a four-person troupe. Um, and then they went off to do their own sort of things, and like Pete and Dud went off to be Pete and Dud. Mm. And 
Alan Bennett went off to be Alan Bennett and then Jonathan Miller went off and he initially was looking to become a director. He'd made some short films mm. for Peter Cook's establishment club, like they used to sort of show little short sort of thirty second films and he'd done some of those. He also I don't know if it's before or after this, he did a, a, an adaption of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Which is really good. That's Peter Cook's in that, and it's like sort of same sort of it, shot. Um, very, it's very surreal. It's <laughs> shot very, very much surreal. like this because it's that real high contrast black and white. Yeah, you know, and and um, so yeah, he, he sort of wanted to do stuff like that, and this, this was one of the things. But he he then really famously did a show in the eighties called The Body in Question, which was li- which was like the Attenborough of surgery. Uh, or like human anatomy mm. and it was basically him going around and like talking to other surgeons and people and about literally the human body but it, they ha- were like plucking out livers on the mm. telly and things like that it was oh, a real wow. sort of, but like a real scientific groundbreaking show it really like sort of huge at the time like fact pop factual show wow um and yeah he still sort of directs i think he does like theater a lot and, and that's sort of more that end now mm. Um, but yeah, and so I think the comedy side of it definitely comes from that. But also, he had a real like the Alice in Wonderland, like you said, is surre- is very surrealistic in places. Yeah. And I as think an Alice yeah. in Wonderland as a story is surreal, but mm. that particular adaptation of it is particularly yeah, it really divines that sort of mm. oddness. And it, it, it's again, it, it's around the same era and feels very much the same as um, like the bed sitting room and. Yes. Victoriana yeah. sort of thing as well, and um, yeah, so that's kind of that was kind of John, Jonathan Miller's thing, and yeah, and he's also like really heavily into uh, psychology and things like that. Mm. Yeah, and I think, that that was yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's a very it's weird because I can imagine that it would test some people's patience, but it's a very real. Yeah, it's almost like a fucking documentary. Mm, mm. If you could have had a fly in the wall documentary in like nineteen twelve or whenever it's set, mm. and yeah, it's funny you say that. It tests some people's patience. And the first thing you said, as you just said again, yeah, is I could have watched that all day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it seems timeless. Like you, yeah. you don't. Yeah. You, you're not like, well, where's this story going? What's happening? You're just happy to just watch him mm. going yeah. through his day. Just being weird, yeah, and it's and it and it, and it's it doesn't need it doesn't have much in the way of explanation, like you said. Practically, what the first first ten minutes at least are basically silent. There's not mm. an intelligible word. I think up until is anybody here? You yeah, know, I think that's like probably the first because it then hits you like a fucking thunderbolt because yeah. everything. I think that's also the sound in this, like that fucking weird noise that accompanies the dreams like the visions he's having that very yeah. first one where it's where he first sees it in the background and it's the beginning of a dog bark but it cuts it off before it reaches pitch so it's the beginning oh, of just, a, just when it oh, like, it just yeah. sounds horrible because you yeah yeah because you don't quite hear it enough for it mm. to to make sense and yeah. it sort of resonates and you go what was oh it was it was a dog bark I think, but it no, never I think, I think it's actually him I think it's oh, him really? going, oh, like that. But, uh, like, because everything is drowned and watery, like all the real sound, because you've got that yeah. sort of thing going on. And then they just almost, like, basically switch the volume up and then cut it. 
So it's like it's him good. panicked, like some uh, 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 like that, and I think they just cut it in all of a sudden. And like you say, it's like a dog bark or like something. It's like a snap. Yeah, and that makes you jump more than probably anything in it. Like it because it's so comedic to begin with as well. Mm. When it becomes serious, yeah, it is. It it, it changes and it, it makes that sinisterness without you needing to know, without you having to really see anything. Mm. It very quickly becomes menacing, and because it's been so light-hearted and comedic to that point, yeah, it really hammers home just how. Also, I think the mundanity of it, yeah, like we were saying about where a lot of it is just awkward silences and moments and things like mm. that. So you you're in his you're in his groove, you're yeah. in his pattern, and then when. The, the when it ha- when it manifests at the end, hmm. and it's that shocking to him, but you understand why because you've just lived three days with him yeah. of get up, have a wash, yeah, go for a walk, yeah, go home, for a walk, come back, have, you know, have dinner, have dinner, mm-hmm. mutter, uh, make like polite conversation, have a read, go to bed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you've you've sort of lived there. So when he's broken by it, you really understand it and feel for him. And um, what was it where it what he said because it was going around in his mind? He, the uh, what was it? Heaven and hell? No, no heaven. Oh yeah, oh, there so are, there's it, more in heaven, more, more, uh, more in, in heaven okay. and earth, Horatio, than is direct to in your philosophy. In your philosophy, but before that it was. And philosophy it, yeah, has more he, than... So he then he changed it around. Yeah, yeah. Philosophy, there's more in... I would say there's more in philosophy than is dreamt of in heaven on earth. Yeah. Yeah. And where he's sitting there... I was going to say, an hour, a couple of hours later, yeah. it just comes back to him and he's he's still running through it in his mind and still laughing at Having his, a little chuckle and feeling smiling. quite proud of himself. Yeah. About, I love yeah. that idea. But then it switches back, though, to... Cause, yeah, it other, goes back to the yeah. original quote. Yeah, because mm. then he sort of, it's almost like, because ev- I think that's the thing as well, is everything he's doing, he's over processing. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, I'm going to there's a table there, and it's like, oh, there's a dog, there's a dog <laughs> thing, you know. And he's like. He's got a delayed sort of yeah. response. He, he thinks about it a lot yeah, before yeah. actually replying. Or, it's like every conversation yeah. he has starts with someone having to snap him out of it. Yeah, yeah. out of whatever you he's know, lost in. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, Professor, no, 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 no. Like when they knock him, like when his bath's ready, when yeah. they ask him about the sheets, well, I don't think it's man. Yes, yes. What? Sheets? Yeah, yeah. You know. And that's what I loved as well. It's when he's sitting at breakfast and the other guy asks him about ghosts. Mm. And he just says to him, do you believe in ghosts? And he just goes into a massive monologue about, well, what is it? What do you, you, mean, you know, you, what can yeah. you compare it to? Mm. We don't know what it is, so I can't tell you if I believe in it because I don't know what it is, and it's not yeah. quantifiable. And, and he just goes into a whole, like, just completely yeah. deconstructs it and then reconstructs it with no other interaction. Mm-hmm. He just mm. sits there on his own and just goes through all these different layers of what it could mean and how. He's given the opportunity to voice it rather than mumble it. Yeah, it's on go- It's an ongoing thing all the time with him that everything. But now is- he's got to tell he's this got- guy what he's thinking. Yeah, he's got an audience now, and it sort of comes out, and he's like, yeah, he's got someone to interact with. And really, I mean, that's the the basis of it is, is someone clearly yeah. alone. Mm. Yeah, but, but you know, he almost doesn't even notice him as mm. another person, though. It's like he's happy with the questions. 
Yeah. Like, that's fine, but yeah. he's not even bothered it's a that it came from and someone. It isn't that he needs to. Yeah, because yeah. he barely even looks at him. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's very sort of. Um, it's very sort of sort of on the spectrum sort yeah. of thing almost. Of, you know, yeah, socially. I, I he's thought not, that it's a, yeah. almost an autism thing where it's. But, yeah. Which, Somebody which gives does... him a stimulus and off he goes with yeah. it and, re- and, and runs over it and over it in his own mind. And that does fit an introverted professor. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. I think it's definitely, it leads to uh, similar symptoms. Mm-hmm. There we go. You see? It only leads to similar symptoms. <laughs> and maybe those symptoms are symptomatic. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> But yeah, yeah. It's, um, and I, I, I'd, um, I love the fact when he, it, I think it's the first time he's having the dream, no, the second time, sorry, he's having mm. the dream about it, and you actually see it, and it's, even though you can see it, you still don't know what it is, it's mm. like a broken sheet on a stick, yeah. it's moving, but it isn't doing it in stop motion, it's just somehow moving closer to him. With no real, no real shape. Yeah, there's it, nothing yeah. defining about it. The effects of it are absolutely astounding for the sixties. And I mean, well, I mean, considering what a level of budget it would have been on. Yeah. You know, I mean, basically, it was take padding them down to Felix, though. That mm. was that was that was your budget. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. But but then I think the sheets are weird as well. Yeah. That, again, that was. I always remember it actually slightly better. Or I remember it moving more, even, hmm. and I think that's the thing is it is quite a subtle sort of you know it's not screaming terror in no. your face. It's not like bleeding skulls or you know darkness uh, splashing from the walls or something like that. It's just that's not right. Hmm. It's moving as if there's somebody holding it and there's hmm. nobody holding yeah. it. Yeah, hmm. and and. Just that snap, and then, and I mean, even I like when he sucks his thumb, yeah, yeah. where it's almost it's like gone he's back gone back to, that far to mm, like a level com- of comfort needed, he yeah. needs, yeah. yeah, because suddenly, out of the room, this is something I don't understand, yeah, yeah, yeah you can't <laughs> try and think about it and explain it, yeah, like certainly at the time it's happening, he can't rationalize it yeah. because it is irrational, <laughs> and it's and why at the end he just keeps repeating, oh, oh no, no, yeah. oh no. no. No matter what he seems to think to resolve it, mm. he just keeps coming back to yeah. it. No, 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 that didn't happen. No, that was it. Like in the, yeah. I'm sure in the, in the book, but in the short story, mm. um, yeah, at first he's convinced it's rats in the bed. So he's trying, he's trying to rationalise it. Yeah, and he's right. like, well, the sheets are moving ira- like sort of erratically. There, there must be something under there causing it. There must be rats. And he's, yeah, and he's like, well, how can there be that many rats in and here? And then it takes how on are... a human form. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, and, then it's... and it sits up like someone is under the sheet when that's there's it. nobody sits there. Up, which, yeah, is which is a horrible fucking... idea. That's the thing. M.R. James, I mean, we've got to say, I mean, we haven't really, although we've been talking about the adaptions, M.R. James we've not really mentioned. Go and read fucking M.R. James because he is brilliant at it. He's amazing at it. And the... But just that sort of thing of just creating something that's just, ugh, or just a bit ugh, piss shivers. Yeah, that's what it, it gives yeah. you. You know, it'd be like like there's the one I can't remember what it is where it literally the only thing that happens is someone puts their hand on their chair, and, and the, underneath is a hairy hand. That's Canon Elbridge scrapbook. That, uh, he's, ah, he's yes. Sitting at a writing desk. Yes. Reading the book. 
Yeah, and, and, he, and, it's yeah, just and like he puts a, his hand to one side and feels a hairy hand. Yeah, it's like it. something because it's like it's kind of a claw. It's kind of a monkey's hand. Oh no, hand. no, sorry, sorry, my bad. It's not. Uh, can an Albrecht scrapbook? He sees it next to him, and it's oh, a hairy yeah. hand. The one, that one, is where he puts his hand under the pillow. That's it. And he feels it under the pillow, and it's like a, a it's like a hairy mouth under the pillow. Yes, and he feels it. Um, yeah. Yeah, the way he describes things are amazing. If you ever get the chance, listeners, um, there's a guy called Robert Lloyd Parry. Um, he is an historian um, and a thespian, and what he does is he goes around, and when these stories were originally written by James, um, he wrote them to, to, to tell as ghost stories to his... Um, students at the college yeah. and what Perry does is he dresses as him and comes out in character as M.I. James and tells the stories from memory wow. as they would have been told at the time mm. um, and I've been lucky enough to go to Grey Manor um, three times now and see him do it there and that's the oldest continually lived in house in the country, it was built in 1060 something I think Mm. It's ridiculously old. Um, yeah, and you go and sit in the music room and you all sit down and they bring you a glass of wine and then they turn all the lights off and you just... He's got three candles next to him. And he sits... He comes down the stairs and he sits in a chair in the big arch window and he pours himself a whiskey and he sits and tells the story. And as the story goes, he puts the candles out one at a time until in the end he puts the last one out and you're in darkness. Um, and it's phenomenal and he, he plays the character and he looks like him and he mm, totally yeah, draws you in you it's showed me the video like mm, a yes, DVD rather I bought the DVD so yeah. they did um, I can't remember what the two stories were but yeah there were two stories I think one of them was Canon Albrecht the ash tree it is the ash tree yeah. it's the other one yeah um, and it's him reading that in uh, in Grey Manor and that's uh, oh, mm. amazing so if you get the chance he does M.R. James like nobody else could possibly do it. Which is funny, because when I saw him outside of his uh, his garb, mm. he looked more like um, Fraser. Oh, really? But there you go. He looks exactly like Fraser. But yeah. Fair enough. He's amazing. So go and see that if you can. Right. Right. Are we ready for the next one? Yeah. I think so. I think right. We've... Thoroughly, uh, how many how many Christmas trees up mm. Whitley Street was asked? Do you give whistle and I'll come to you, Chris? You first. Ten. Out of a potential five, five ten. He's giving it ten. Nice. I, I like, like you, sir. <laughs> I, I like the. Do you know what, sir? I like the cut of my cut of your jib, and I always have. <laughs> I'll drink to that. I, I'll see your ten and raise you another ten. That's, that's that no, Twenty no. trees up his ass. <laughs> Lee? I shall save his ass and I shall go back to the original out of five and I shall give it four and a quarter. Oh! oh. Splinters! <laughs> yeah, see, a broken one. Oh, um, Jesus. Poor yes. Whitley. So, so that's twenty twenty-four and a half out of fifteen trees up Whitley Streber's backside. That's good. That's a good rate. Yeah. You can't argue with that. Yeah. Jonathan Miller would be proud. He would. Yes. He deserves it. Yes. Um, You're going to have to explain that to me next episode. What? Uh, what, the trees? 
Yeah. Whitney Strieber. Whitney Strieber. We did Whitney Strieber. Not, not, not Whitney Strieber. The last episode, you didn't explain it though, you just told me we've already explained that and what are you... He's yeah, he's, no, he's an agent of Duck Tea. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right. Well, I, th- I thought maybe. if I find the right words, the maybe. whole floodgate will go. Perhaps he keeps abducting me. He keeps abducting Lee, that's what it is. I do keep Whit- having dreams about being And his abducted. name is Whit Lee. Whitley Streamer. Yeah, Whitley Streamer. I mean, not Whitney Streamer. No, no, no. That's, you're thinking of <laughs> Whitney Houston. Right, I'm shaving off my muff for you. We are going to be more drunk for the next episode, <laughs> people. We are eight hours in now, and uh, yeah. We've got uh, we, we won't be back for another hour, so we've got another hour's worth of drinking. So uh, uh, sorry, it might be painful. <laughs> Do you know what? It's Christmas. If you're mm-hmm. not drunk when you're listening to this, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Unless you're driving, then don't be drunk for listening to this because that is irresponsible. Yeah. And if you are drunk driving, listening to this, pull over. Give those other guys a chance, hey? <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Um. Have a great week and we will see you on the next bonus episode.